It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Good afternoon, good evening, and good day, even. Uh, welcome back to Team of Our Lives, the only and best noughties based football podcast. We like to pod like Andy Todd, we drink beer like Jason McAteer, and we breed like Andy Reid, although I have no idea what his breeding habits are like. Has he got any kids? He might be infertile. That could be, you know, we could get into a worm of trouble there, but that's, that's not, I should probably shut up. There we go. In, in this bonus episode, we endeavour. Um, well, before our World Cup mini-series that starts in a few weeks' time, we will be taking on the tough task of deciding the top five and ultimately the best player who is too good for the championship but not good enough for the Premier League. Uh, we have each drawn up our top five players to narrow down uh, the greatest Northeast player to be in that never region, the never zone, the quantum leap, if you will. Uh, joined with me is Mr. Harry Hansford, Portsmouth fan and documentary filmmaker. How are we doing, sir? I'm not too bad. How are you? surviving just um yeah all good thanks and to help guide us through this tough task we have roped in a man who is no stranger to being involved in narrowing things down from five to one there we go see what i've done there <laughs> uh, he has been on more dates a week than i have in 30 years please welcome to the pods reality tv star arsenal fan kevin campbell's best mate mr mark shatliff hello 
How are you doing, sir? Very good. Pleasure to have pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on. Big, big fan of the pod. Lovely stuff. Big fan of Northeast football. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Very, very, very good era. Uh, been cramming in Premier League years last week. So uh, hopefully, I've got my uh, my uh, my trivia up to date as well. <laughs> well, we'll be coming to the test later on um, because this is an episode just before um, the World Cup as well. We'll be doing the World Cup. What's in your panini? Um, Top Gear style leaderboard competition. Regular listeners will know. Uh, we'll be doing that today for the first time ever as well. So it's going to get exciting towards the end. It should be exciting all the way through. What are we talking about? Yeah, listen all the way through, you bastards. No. Uh, <laughs> um, there we go. We need the out revenue. Right. Anyway, I'm joking, of course. Mark, we always start off the interview um, by asking our guests the three questions we always start with. We're going to start with first, uh, who's your favourite noughties footballer? Okay, so I'm a huge, huge, huge Arsenal fan. So it, it's quite difficult for me to not say uh, Arsenal player. So I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bend the rules slightly and give you um and give you a couple uh, an Arsenal related player and a non Arsenal related player if I may, Ollie. Go for it, yeah. Fantastic. Okay, so my favourite ever Naughties footballer is is Patrick Vieira. Um, I just think the guy was a complete machine. I don't think we've seen a player of his ilk since since Vieira, to be honest. Um, can defend like a beast, got a fantastic shot, uh, World Cup winner, Euros winner, um, just an absolute legend of the game. Great answer. Yeah, absolutely great answer. I think you're quite right. You don't see players like Vieira anymore. Wore the number four, used to marauder through players, just went for the whole team, and then he'd give it to Henri, Will Tord, or whoever else, Bergkamp. But um, yeah, he's a player that's missed. And the closest player I think we've had to him in recent years is probably Yaya Torre when he was at Man City. It's the closest comparison I can think. But even that was like five years ago, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I just haven't, I just can't remember a player like him. And that's, we, we spent so long trying to replace Vieira at Arsenal. And it never happened. And even looking at other teams, there, I just, I just can't remember a player like him. Just strong, like telescopic legs. It's just amazing to watch. Yeah, it's a weird. There's a weird conspiracy theory. It's when Roy Keane left Man United in 2005. That's when Fergie had a bit of a wobble with Mourinho entering the Premier League. When Vieira uh, left Arsenal and went, where did he go to? Was it Juventus? Juventus. Yeah. Um, that's when Arsenal's decline happened. They stopped winning trophies. There was a lot of uh, pressure on Wenger, et cetera, et cetera. Um, who's, who's your other one then? Yeah. So in terms of, yeah, in terms of non-Arsenal, um, it's got to be Zinedine Zidane for me. Um, I spent a good portion of the uh, of the noughties living in Spain. So I lived there for five years and I was really lucky to be able to watch um, Real Madrid during the Galacticos era. And and my God, I, it's, I've, I've seen, seen Thierry Henry in the flesh and it's really difficult for me to say that Zidane was just, he was just almost out of his world. In terms of the the vision he had on the pitch, and just sometimes you wouldn't even just look up to play a ball, and you'd get you'd get Roberto Carlos fire, literally sh- always shooting the ball at his feet, and he would just trap it dead, and he's already thinking about his next move. But yeah, so he he's something again, which I which I haven't really seen the likes of. So uh, Zidane for me, just an absolute joy to watch. I'm so yeah. I'm so, happy, so happy to hear people come on and uh, big up Zidane because Ollie's got this. Bizarre thought, but uh, Zidane is not as good as Paul Skulls. <laughs> no, that's, not, that's not my bizarre thought. 
<laughs> you must have heard the quote, Mark. It's when when Zidane, when Zidane was asked by a journalist in Spain, he was asked, "What's it like to be the best footballer, uh, best midfielder, or best footballer in the world?" I think midfielder. And he said, I don't know, ask Paul Scholes. It speaks for itself, Harry. <laughs> there we go. But no, I think, I think you're right. Zidane, what a, what a player. You know what? What circle on YouTube the other day, why not get trapped into these kind of like YouTube montages? And it was um, Zidane against Brazil in 2006 World Cup. I think it must have been the quarterfinal or the semifinal. Bear in mind, this was just the, the, the tournament he retired. And he was like dinking it over Ronaldinho. He was just absolutely playing the fiddle. Uh, on the pitch, and you know, and it's a shame he retired in such a uh, tragic fashion. But uh, yeah, I suppose all the war of the legend, I guess. And then as a manager as well, was you know what three three Champions Leagues on the trot. Yeah, can't argue. Can't argue. What a cool way to go! Like, yeah, don't be boring. Don't 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 win a trophy. You know, just just head back someone. You know, why not? It would have been so much better if Cantona had kicked that fan, and then we never saw him again. Maybe that's another another idea for a pod, like an alternative universe where players just kind of done something. We never saw them again. The Beckham red cards, Rene Higita's like scorpion kick thing against uh, England. Never saw him again. That'd be funny. Um, Moving on then, who who do you think is the most underrated footballer of the noughties? So again, give you give me an Arsenal uh, heavy one and then uh, not an Arsenal one. So for me, uh, Lauren, our right back, so so good doesn't really get the praise he deserves when we're talking about best ever Arsenal 11s um aggress- like aggressive just just did his did his job week in week out also as well stepped up and took a few pressure penalties so obviously during the, Unvi- during the invincible season we had um uh like a last minute penalty against Spurs which which he just put away with a plum um so absolute solid hero of a of the right back yeah, it's a great answer, actually. And he played for Portsmouth, didn't he, Harry? Uh, we had... Uh, so you, had you had Saul Campbell, Lauren, and didn't you have another Arsenal? We've had Lauren for a bit, actually, yeah. Um, I think maybe very tail end of his career, because we sort of had Tamaro being our main, and then uh, on the left end, Johnson was our main right back, wasn't he, really? So. Uh, fair. Oh, of course he was, yeah, Glenn Johnson. Makes sense. I think it's a Lauren as well. Yeah, you're right. He wasn't invincible, which many people forget. But do you think he's not remembered as much because obviously Ashley Cole, Sol Campbell, you've had yep. such great defenders and you've got Tony Adams behind you, um, Lee Dixon, all, all these great defenders, especially in the 90s as well, Martin Keogh and all these. Is he kind of forgotten because of those people, do you think? Absolutely. I think we were spoiled. He kind of goes into that Gilberto Silver pot as well. Oh, good shout. Yeah. yeah, it was only when um, maybe like five or six years down the line, uh, we really started to appreciate just how good a footballer Silver was, um, just because during during that era there was just the name to speak for themselves: Perez, Lundberg, Vieira. At, you know, it just just spoiled, spoiled with talent, and the and the players who were also up, sort of maybe just that kind of tier below was kind of forgotten about. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and who's who's your other one? It's a bit left field, and. I, I just think he. I just think it was awesome. Uh, I've gone with Marcos Senna as my um, as my uh, underrated player. He was instrumental during the Euro for uh, for Spain two thousand and eight. Um, came eleventh in the Ballon d'Or, uh, which a lot of people don't don't realise. And again, just that specialist um, that specialist CDM um, position where 
where I think we'd looked at him in a lot of transfer windows to, to replace Vieira. Never never quite materialised, but um, yeah, played smashed it at Villarreal. Really, really good player. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't go to a to a bigger team. It's quite he was always linked with so many teams, but never never really made that move. So for me, yeah, a little a little bit left field. But Mar- Marcus, no, that's a that's a fantastic answer to be fair, and it's good to have. A- Player that's not in the Premier League. We normally get Premier League answers, but yeah, he, him, and Raquel May for Villarreal were oh sexual. It was orgasmic. It was beautiful. Um, Raquel May is one of my favourite players of all time, and Marcos Senna was very much um, kind of on his axis, so to speak. But um, great side that as well. And he didn't make the. I think maybe he he matured a bit late. He was like a fine wine. I think that's maybe why he didn't get his big move because he wasn't at the World Cup in 2010 when they won it. Um, they had that kind of Fabregas, Xavi, Iniesta, Xavi Alonso. Um, yeah, I guess, yeah, def- definitely in- instrumental in the 2008 Euros. <clears throat> Good answer, great answer. Um, and lastly, the Robbie Savage Hall of Fame. We've inducted many a player in there. Is there anyone who you think wasn't fit to lace the boots of, a, of the Premier League or a professional contract? Yep, sticking sticking with uh, the Arsenal and non-Arsenal, I have gone for Mr. Titus Bramble as uh, mm-hmm. someone who I just cannot believe who is a professional footballer, just just inept. <laughs> you always knew you were still a chance if uh, Titus he was playing against Titus Bramble. Just 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 clueless. I don't really know what he was good at. <laughs> was not football? Uh, but yeah, just or oh, yeah, awful. Um, no pace, no, no, no idea of positioning. Just a terrible footballer. Yeah, I think he's one of the few players who was shit for both Sunderland and Newcastle, and they just palmed them off in each other's teams. I found that quite funny. I think the only season he had a good season was when Ipswich were doing quite well in the early noughties, and he might finish fifth. Two thousand one. The Stuart years, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he might. Is he in the Hall of Fame already, Harry? I can't remember. Yeah, must um... be. I can picture the info of a little graphic. Yeah. In the prison bars. Well, there we go. Um, some great answers there, Mark. Um, Senna, very impressive with that as well. Uh, um, excellent stuff. For me. Oh, uh, Stepanovs. Yeah, Stepanovs for me. And this is a great story. I don't, I don't know if you guys have heard it before, that it was just basically Ray Parler and Dennis Burkamp winding um, winding uh, Martin Kieran up. So Stepanovs came for a trial. Absolutely useless, but... Um, Keown, Parler and, and Burkamp were, were watching him at the time and every time Stepanovs did anything which is pretty mundane and ordinary, they'd be going wide and saying, oh, it's amazing, look Arsene, look, he's, he's class, he's brilliant. And Keown was getting more and more irate because obviously he plays in his position uh, and that was during obviously this, um, the, uh, the pre-season uh, the, the, the pre-season uh, training and then there was all amazed when he uh, he rocked up on the on the first obviously on the first day of actual training thinking like what is this guy doing here so uh yeah just a just a, a funny story how he got a contract oh. all for a wind up christ almighty what? that's pretty funny to be fair i wonder if that's ever happened before oh, or since have must have been yeah. In a few dodgy kind of Ali diet diet kind of situation um yeah fair play no some great answers there but let's um Move on to the reason why we're here to choose the uh, top five, our each top five of those players who are too good for the championship, but not good enough for the Premier League. Um, how did you find your getting your top five together, Harry? Yeah, uh, as I sort of said to you before we started, it's one of those ones, once I started it, I realised I could have come up with the top ten. So uh, narrowing it down has been uh, interesting and uh, been a few that's moved about and, and things, but we'll get into it, you'll see, but... Uh, 
feel like a lot of them, some of them, we might have similar between the three of us. And then there's a, maybe a couple that I feel like probably won't appear on your guys. So we'll see. Yeah, I've gone a bit rogue with a couple of them. It's fair to say most of the strikers. Um, Mark, was it quite difficult to narrow them down? Yeah, it was. Um, there was a couple which I, I didn't really even have to think about. And again, uh, a couple which which a bit more I had to kind of like leverage, leverage in. But yeah, definitely, definitely striker heavy here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, we're going to count down our five each then. Uh, Harry, do you want to kick us off with your fifth? Yeah, of course. And uh, you're going to grow in straight away. But uh, in my mission to mention the Bulgarian as much as I can. Oh, God. Todorov. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. And let me tell you why. Svetoslav uh, <laughs> Todorov. Yeah. So he starts his life in, uh, in English football in uh, Premier League of West Ham. And he scores once in 14 games over two seasons. So not a great start. And then he uh, moves to Portsmouth and he bangs in 40, uh, sorry, he bangs in 26 goals at Fran Park in about one season. Guts us straight up to the Premier League and then struggles with his fitness and uh, injuries for three seasons. Um, uh, and he only manages six six goals in those three seasons he never like truly recovers from that so even when he drops back into the championship with uh charlton he uh doesn't really make much of an impact scores i think about three or four goals over mm-hmm. two seasons there and then um and then end, ends up back over in bulgaria where he uh ends up back at his first team and comes at all-time top goal scorer with 54 goals so I think for him, it's more of a case that he's too good for Bulgaria and not quite good enough for England. But <laughs> that one season when he scored that 26 goals, you've got to think that if he stayed fit, he was going to be a beast in that league. And it's questionable whether he would ever be able to do it in the Premier League. But he's definitely one of those players. Like, to finish one season after scoring just four goals, barely playing in West Ham, to then come into a first team and score 26 goals is pretty impressive. So. Yeah, yeah. I think it goes more into the category of one season wonder, though. You know what I mean? Maybe. I think I think so. But um, I did, to be fair, I did have him in my honourable mentions just just for you, really. Oh, I'm just trying to get him on, aren't I? So I mentioned him enough. All right, okay, that's okay. That's the last time we'll ever speak of Svetoslav Todorov. I'll, I'll have it be known. Um, Mark, who is your number five? So yeah, my number five. I was, I was, I was sort of struggling for a for a number five. So I went with uh, I went with Darren Huckabee. Um, the reason for that, he he was he was decent at uh, when uh, when City weren't in the Prem in like the early two thousands. Um, had a good had a scored a few goals for for Nottingham Forest and then at Premier League for for Norwich. Yeah, thirty six goals and almost well one hundred and seventy five games. Not not the greatest return. So. Uh, yeah, um, probably, probably not the the probably not the worst, uh, but yeah, not couldn't quite cut it for me in the in the Premier League. Yeah, it's a great shout. I had him in the honourable mentions as well, to be fair. But I think the thing with Huckabee as well, in particular, he wasn't just a striker. He played like attacking mid. He played on the wing, so it's not even surprised he didn't get like many goals. But he is um, a cult hero with Man City with Norwich. So that's a, that's a really good answer, actually. Um, I've I've gone and got him in honourable mentions. <clears throat> well and I've sort of uh, in my notes I've sort of written down that growing up he was definitely the name you'd hear most when people saying oh, he was yeah. the uh, championship or first division and he was definitely that name that sort of is forever being associated with that role for me um, but I was looking I, was, I had a look and the amount of times he was like 
uh, relegated, promoted, relegated, promoted. He probably is like the yo-yo king of that sort of late nineties, early nineties. <laughs> quite impressive how how often he helps the team get up just to then sort of fail and come straight back down. Yeah, he's the footballing term, footballing version of Viagra, really, isn't he? Kind of just, you know, <laughs> stays up for a bit. Um, fair, fair enough. Darren, please don't listen to this, Darren Huckabee. We've tried to get you on the pod. Um, there we go. Those, those days are long. Uh, my number five was Gary McSheffrey. Um, a bit of a rogue shout uh, with Coventry, famously. So he started life in the Prem, actually, uh, back when Coventry had a half-decent side in the late 90s. Uh, then got relegated to the first division. Um, that's when he started playing more regularly, uh, in particularly the 2002-03 season and 03-04, where he bagged eight goals and 12 goals in those two seasons, uh, retrospectively. And then it changed to the championship. Then he got 14, 17, and, um, and then moved from Coventry uh, to Birmingham City um, in the championship as well. And they got promoted. He scored 16 goals in the championship to help Birmingham City get promoted and uh, got into the Premier League at the first attempt. But then when he got into the Premier League, he scored four goals, went straight back down to the Championship, back up to the Prem of Birmingham City, where he scored zero. Um, so, yeah, again, a bit more of a yo-yo player. The stats speak for themselves. Didn't do well in the Prem and uh, scored a bunch of goals in the first div slash champ. Yeah, good choice. It's a, it's a name I, I didn't really uh, think of, but going through those Going yeah. through those numbers, you're like, yeah, for sure. I'm trying to go a bit Wes Anderson, a bit, you know, kind of hipster, a bit of a hipster choice, you know, <laughs> a niche reference. Um, who's your number four, Harry? Yeah, so um, for number four, I've gone with Michael Chopra. Snap. Um, oh, there we go. Um, so, yeah, so between like, 2002 and 2006, he played 21 Premier games and scored just once. Uh, and then 06, 07 season, he's in the championship. Uh, he scores 22 goals. Um, and then he goes back up to Premier League in 07-09 with Sunderland, scores eight goals. He's loaned to Cardiff, who he joins permanently and scores 25 goals over the remaining 75 appearances he had in the decade. So I think it just shows that he, very similar to like Todorov, where one really good season sort of goes back up, doesn't quite cut it, comes back down and never quite has that great season again. Was a solid goal scorer for um, Cardiff, nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. He had that one season at Cardiff as well. So um, he had one season at Cardiff where he scored 22 goals in the Championship after um, he left Newcastle in the Prem, which kind of, I think he tried to prove a point that he was too good for the Championship. And yeah. um, obviously, it turns out it wasn't. And again, played for Newcastle and for Sunderland as well. He always seemed a bit arrogant to me. I don't know if it's just me, but I really didn't like Chopper. I thought he was a came across as a bit of a dick but there we go but uh, yeah he's my number four as well uh, so Mark who do, where do we uh, place fourth who do we place fourth I've gone maybe too too early with with, <laughs> with this chap he uh, big clue um, he's got a 100% scoring record for England okay <laughs> I think Harry will know who I'm talking about uh, yeah uh, David Nugent I've gone number four so I don't know if he features a bit higher on your on He your does, list. he does. But I'll, I'll come. You, yeah, you I feel like I bolt, I've bolted too early. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, but go, 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 tell us, tell us more about David Nugent and our Yeah, our sure. So obviously, absolutely smashed in the championship. Um, then in regards to uh, it, in regards to Portsmouth, um, I think he only got a, a couple of goals uh, for for Portsmouth in the Premier League. Um, so pretty much waned when he got there, but. 
a machine in 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 the championship, and and of course, um, you, you can't you can't knock a hundred percent scoring record for England. You cannot. There's a, there's a great uh, sort of idea that, well, a great story that will sum up uh, Nugent is that obviously there's a few teams in for him and we spent £7 million on him. He turns up on the same day as John Utaka, so we spent like £7 million on each. They're both fair, their shirts. Like, oh, look, us spending, all, spending big money with these new strikers. And Redknapp just instantly hated Nugent. So within that same transfer window, he tried to loan him out. No way. Yeah, yeah. Get, I think he tried to sell him as well at one point. So he tried to loan him back to Preston? I think he tried to loan him back to Preston. At one point, he asked, he was trying to work out if he could sell him. Um, so he just hated him from, from the get-go. So obviously he wasn't uh, he wasn't his choice. He was obviously either director of football or the chairman that were like, oh, we're going to, everyone's after this guy, we're, we're beating to it. Um, what well, sort of just sums up like how he was at Portsmouth because he, I, it was a lot of like he didn't never really get a chance a little bit, but he scored three goals while we were in the Premier League. And then I think the one season he was with us in the Championship, I think he scored uh, maybe like 12 goals, something like that. Um, what shows he can still do it down there. But uh, obviously he went on to have like a quite a successful second career really after Portsmouth. Um, but I've got... Uh, I've got a very soft spot for Nugent and it comes from a story that's probably not true Um, but I think I'm sure I've told it before but just before uh, Defoe left Portsmouth for Tottenham he had a penalty against West Ham and it was saved and uh, shortly after uh, him and Nugent had got into a fight and the story is that Nugent was accusing him of not taking it seriously and like punched him and I'm sure that's not, you know, you wouldn't, I'm sure Defoe wouldn't purposely miss a penalty, even if he knows he's off in a week. But uh, it's just the fact that Nugent thought, yeah, all right, I tapped in your goal for England, but I'm going to now punch you. But it's just hilarious to me. Uh, and it makes me sort of love him somewhat, what, like a little rogue, little, like, thinks he's better than he is, sort of atmosphere there. But yeah, great. Fair great, enough. Great player for Pompey. People love him because he couldn't stop running, just couldn't score. There you go. Happy days. Um, yeah, David Nugent's coming up a little bit later on for me. And a theme of my my top two, let's say, spoiler alert, is that um, they're in the rare category of being some of the r- very few players who got an England cap like Nugent, despite being in the championship. And I think that, you know, you must be doing something out of the whole entire talent pool that England has, particularly in the Premier League, for them to kind of uh, dip into the championship, you must be really special. So for that, that's kind of where my bias has gone to. Uh, so that's Mark's number four. So Harry, your number three. My number three. So uh, I've gone with uh, Ricardo Fuller. Okay, another honourable yeah. mention for me. Yeah, so I've, I've gone with, with Ricardo Fuller because he sort of, throughout the noughties, was like sort of ever-present, wasn't he? So 02 to 05, he's playing for Preston North End as well. Um, he's, he gets 27 goals in 58 appearances. Uh, so he joins us for season. We go up uh, and uh, he scores just once. Um, falls out of favour. Moves to Southampton as they've been relegated. Uh, well, obviously, it's a bit of a sore issue for Pompey fans. Say. Um, and he scores uh, nine goals uh, in for, for them over sort of two seasons. And then he, he was never really liked there. They used to boo him and for being an ex-Pompey player. 
So he moves to Stoke and scores 25 goals in the season for Stoke in the Championship. Um, and then finishes the decade with 14 goals over two seasons in the Premier League. Well, it's not bad whatsoever, but it's not, it's not great. It? He still sort of remains at not quite good enough. But again, my favourite thing about Fuller is when he was playing for Stoke, they were playing at Southampton and he had a drop kick where he's meant to pass it back to the keeper and he tries to lob him. Yeah, I remember. It's like, he's like, oh, you treated me awfully, so I'm gonna, I'm not going to do any sportsmanship here. Try to lob the keeper. The keeper gets it, but imagine if that went in, that would be controversial. Time. To be fair, I, I thought Fuller was kind of too good, really. I think even in the Prem, like, although he didn't score, he's still getting like 10 SEs and like FA yeah. Cup and stuff. I thought he was a bit too good to... um. I think kind of mentioned. I quite liked his look. He was a bit tubby. He wore like diamond earrings while he was playing, and the the main the main reason I didn't put him put him in my list was because of this, that goal he scored against Aston Villa, where he done like a bird camp kind of a ticket round the player and then whacked it in. I think yeah. if you're doing that, you 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 you're Premier League quality. Oh, sure. And he was a Jamaica international, and um, I think I think he just needed a better run in that early part of the Premier League to really sort of. Uh, cement himself as Premier League. And I think he didn't really get out of Portsmouth. We had better options. He didn't really get at Southampton. They probably had better options. So I think it just took him a while to find that team and Stoke caused that team. And it's just a little bit too late in his career, really, wasn't it? Yeah, probably. No worries. Uh, Mark, you're number three. So my number three is, uh, I've gone for Leroy Lita uh, at number three. Um, so... Absolute legend at Reading. Um, spent a lot of my time, spent a lot of my life in Reading. Um, you'd often see Leroy Lita after a after a win on a <laughs> on a night out in Reading. But uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> attitude wise, questionable. But yeah, goal scoring machine uh, in the championship in a in a one oh six season. Him and him and Dave Kitson absolutely bossing that particular that particular season and. Uh, 106 points. I can't. I can't imagine that will be equaled uh, anytime soon. But again, his stints in the Premier League with um, <clears throat> with uh, Middlesbrough and uh, and Swansea uh, barely uh, barely scoring any goals and pretty much forgettable. Um, yeah, not not a lot to be said there. But for for, for Bristol and for Reading, uh, absolute goal scoring machine. Yeah, he was an absolute tank, wasn't he? He played um, a lot under twenty one level for England as well. He was quite kind of like meant to be one of the next big things. Obviously, yeah. we've done it. We've done a we've done a whole episode on Reading as well, and uh, yeah. Um, yeah, he features quite heavily in that. Wasn't well, he um, in the Prem though? Didn't he get loaned out to Charlton for like for, for like five weeks, like towards yeah, the end? He's got three goals and eight um, for, for Charlton, uh, which isn't which is a, a terrible return, um, but. Uh, but yeah, didn't really pull up any trees in in, in the Premier League. Well, what I love about uh, Leroy Lilter, I've got it down in an honourable mention, is that he's still banging in goals for is it Head Headnesford Town? Yeah, he's, like, well, he's still playing. Yeah, obviously oh, like God. very lower league, semi professional standard. But obviously, he I think he's got like twenty something goals last year, and he's got like ten so already this season. Amazing. Well, obviously, he's just too good for. But he's obviously just enjoys football. He's like, I'm still going to go out and do it. Uh, probably part of that is because he's like, oh, I can still go out on the town afterwards, isn't it? But, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Like, definitely one of those players that anytime you come up, you're like, oh, it's good to see him back. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> might, yeah. might have one good, like, magical run or something. Can you be like, oh, he's pretty good, actually, isn't he? I mean, yeah, I think Swansea, I think he scored like twice. 
when he went back up to 20. But that's a lot later, obviously, it's 2010s yeah. and stuff. So, but yeah, great player. Yeah, a bit like Lee Trundle. He's, he still plays in his like mid 40s, isn't he? He's in, like the <laughs> some sort of well in the Armbreton town in Wales. Again, yeah. he would have been a good nomination for this list, but he never played in the Premier League. So, um, yeah, unlucky Trundle. Um, my number three is Robert Earnshaw, speaking of Wales. Um, Cardiff City legend, scored 105 goals for them across all divisions, scored in the third division, second division, first division, and I suppose in the championship when they renamed it. Um, so, yeah, it was an absolute legend with Cardiff City, and then kind of went up to the Premier West Brom, where, he, to be fair, he scored 14 in his first season, West Brom, and um, and then only three in the second season uh, when they were relegated, and then moved back to Norwich City in the championship, and then scored eight and 19, retrospectively, before going back to the Premier League with the infamous Derby County side of 07-08, who still are the only team to amass only 11 points, the lowest total of any Premier League side ever. So he was part of that team, um, 07-08, and then moved back down to the Championship again with Nottingham Forest, scored 17 in his first season there and 17 in the second season and nine in his third with Nottingham Forest in the Championship. So to me, he is the definition of not too good for the Premier League. So whenever he goes to the Championship, he's getting nearly 20 goals a season. His stints in the Prem, well, for Derby County, he scored two. So um, I think he uh, fits the uh, the brief quite well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, those numbers, when you when you look at some of these, once they have that relegation, they never quite bounce back. But those numbers, these first two seasons back 17 and 17, that's, yeah, that shows you that he knows how to do it at that level. Un- unbelievable. Really. Yeah, he had a good, he always done the front flip as well when he scored. So um, I, I, I liked Obro Earnshaw and I still like him. And uh, yeah. it's a shame he's part of that Wales team that never quite made it in the noughties. But there we go. Um, where are we? Harry, you're number two. All right. So this is where I had Nugent. So uh, as like, we previously spoke about him, so I won't go into it too much. But yeah, 94 goals, uh, 94 appearances, 33 goals at Preston North End at the beginning of the, uh, the um, decade. And then as we said earlier, just free Portsmouth in the Premier League. Um, but as yeah, as you say, we he sort of had a second, little bit of a second career with Leicester later on. Uh, so you can't, you know, you can see that he's always had goals. And uh, unfortunately, he he left. He what, returned to Preston recently, and he's left uh, as a free agent last year, and is still hasn't really said he's retired. But obviously, he has. Nobody's mm. interested. He's going to be playing alongside Leroy Lee, I think. Yeah, for sure. Maybe. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Uh, fair enough. And uh, Mark? Yeah, so uh, my number two is Robbie, uh, Robert Earnshaw. Uh, okay. I cannot believe you didn't you didn't do the stat. I, I had a bet in my head you'd um, you'd give the, uh, the, the, the Earnshaw trivia. So I'll, I'll, I'll Go for say it. Yeah, so obviously uh, Robert Earnshaw's the only player that's got a hat-trick in the Premier League, all three league levels, the FA Cup, League Cup and international level for Wales. So what a, what a stand. Yeah, and that won't be being beaten anytime soon, will it? Uh, absolutely not. But that's, such a, uh, such a yeah. great football trivia question, isn't it? It always, <laughs> always needs to come up. Absolutely. I've got some more trivia of my own uh, coming up in a second. So I, I kind of teased you earlier on with, for me the pinnacle of a footballer's career should be playing for your country. I think I'm, I'm one of these people who's woke world, world cup and kind of international tournament over um, terrestrial football over the Premier League or whatever it may be. So there are a couple of players, my second and first, the first one you might know who it is, but um, here's another player who got called up for the England squad 
while he was in the championship. And another, a bit of a rogue shout, it's uh, Mr. Jay Boffroyd. Okay. I remember him. Um, he was still playing in Japan up until last year. So uh, I think he's now retired. Um, but yes, he actually did start in the Premier League as well with uh, Coventry City in uh, in 2000. Uh, got relegated to the first division. So he's a lot older than I thought he was, to be fair. Um, he scored 11 goals in his first full season as well. He was kind of dubbed a bit for prodigy. He was playing a lot for England under 21 level as well. He was meant to be one of the next big things. So he gets a big move. What club would he move to? A big club, maybe scouting around? Ends up moving to Italy, um, to Perugia, and he plays with, again, political shout-out to uh, Colonel Gaddafi. He plays with Colonel Gaddafi's son, who obviously was financing the team. Um, so Gaddafi's son was a teammate of, <laughs> of Jay Boffroyd, weirdly enough. And um, there was a kind of, it was kind of full of Italian legends in that squad as well. They get relegated. He actually scored seven times for them. They get relegated to Serie B. Um, a Premier League side, Blackburn, finally gets hold of him. Doesn't do well, scores one goal. Then moves to Charlton in the Premier League, only scores five. Goes back down to the Championship of Wolves, um, who scores nine in his first season. Um, and then scores four in his second season, but he gets a move to Stoke on loan because he falls out of the manager. Um, doesn't do well there. Finds a new club in Cardiff City, and then he scores 12, 13, then 20. And it's when while he's at Cardiff, he gets a call up for England, um, which is quite incredible. A very, very weird career. Plays for QPR in the Premier League when they had that kind of all-star team as well. Um, of, you know, Rio Ferdinand and uh, Remit Remy and all these great players, Julio Cesar. And um, yeah, then ends up finishing his career in Japan. A bit weird. What, uh, what were the years he was playing at Cardiff? Was that... Um, from 2008 onwards. Okay. So he was there. So was he there for the FA Cup? Uh, yeah, he would have been. Yeah, he played in the FA Cup final. Yeah. So it's another one of those facts, isn't it? Like, at a championship side, he gets to the FA Cup final. Like, sort of adds to that mystique around him. I had him in my honourable mentions, but I just didn't feel like he, uh, he didn't have too many runs in the Premier League to really see, you know? Um, that's why I didn't really... There. But obviously, I forgot that he sort of went back there later. So, yeah, great, great shout. Yeah, 2010s, we don't speak about those. Uh, Fair enough. For Arsenal, and then they won the uh, the FA Youth Cup in 2000. And he just stood out because he was an absolute unit. It was He was in the same team as uh, Steve Sidwell as well. Oh, really? So, yeah, he had a really, really good team that won it that year. I think maybe Blackburn, maybe if my memory serves me right. But yeah, I was at, I was at that game at Highbury. Um, but yeah, looked a, a real player. Um, I think uh, I think Pennant was in that squad as well. Yeah, he was, was he wearing his tag? <laughs> Not <Yeah>. this time. <laughs> no. Yeah, a few times about it. Played at Portsmouth when he was on tag. Was that Portsmouth he was on tag? I'm was pretty sure. I, I thought it was Arsenal because wasn't he like really drunk and he scored a hat trick or something? Okay. Was like, really? That's the story. Oh right? yeah, that was the same day he got a same uh, hat trick with uh, Perez. Um, That's which, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know he came. Down here, he was still like it was years. It's after he, at Liverpool and stuff, and he was still he was he wasn't good for us, and he was still had that reputation of uh, being a bit dodgy behind the uh, scenes, you know. Yeah, some players we need to we need to do like a bad boys episode, really, don't we? You know, oh, Jermaine Pennant, Colonel Gaddafi's son. You know, well, we have a name for it. I mean, isn't it the uh, Marlon King? Oh, the Marlon King um, Academy for Degenerates. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. He's another one. Marlon King. Uh, anyway, your number one, Harry. All right. So, 
I feel a little bit bad because uh, maybe the reason they weren't that good in the Premier League wasn't their skill, but was a unfortunate time with injuries. But I've gone with Dean Ashton. Oh, okay. Because from 2000 to 2005, he gets 61 goals in uh, League One and, champ and, and the Championship. Um, uh, so then he moves uh, to the Premier League, gets seven goals. Um, but he only plays 16 times. So that's not, you know, that's a pretty good return there. So you think, you know, he could have really grown into the league. However, um, straight back down to the championship and he scores 10 that time. So not not much of an improvement on what he did in the Premier League the year before. He uh, joins West Ham, scores three from 10 in his first season. Um, and then that's when the injuries really start uh, sort of getting hold of him. But he does have one more... Uh, season where he plays like uh, 31 games and scores another 10 goals. So again, you can definitely see him growing into the Premier League. But at that point, uh, the injury that ended his career came along and he never played again. So as I say, I feel a little bit sad because maybe it isn't really the golfing talent, but it was more the torrid time he had with injuries. We'll never really know. But, uh, mm. He had a couple of, of um, couple of England camps as well, right? Yeah. And some of those numbers, like, you know, 7 and 16, 10 goals, um, in in Premier League after having injuries, like, they're good numbers. It's just unfortunate we we never really get to know. But in the Championship and League One in the early career, he was just banging them in for fun. So we know he's definitely good, too good for that level. It's just the question sort of still remains whether he was good enough for the Premier League. But unfortunately, his stat the stats sort of suggest that he wasn't. But as I say, that it comes with a big big asterisk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good answer. And uh, Mark, who's your number one? Okay, I've had to really shoehorn this player in because he only had uh, uh, one year um, in the championship, and it was only a, it was only alone. Uh, but he's he's one of he's one of my favourite players to watch, but never really did it in the Premier League, and that's uh, Adel Tarrat. Um, oh, yeah. so so yeah, he had um, a year uh, in the championship with with with, uh, with with QPR, and was just amazing. Like eight goals in 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 um sorry uh sorry eight yeah so eight goals and forty eight appearances, um just just smashed it and then um, went to uh, obviously went up with QPR, didn't really didn't really set the world alight and had a couple of loans, um, uh, Fulham included. Um, and then eventually ended up at Benfica, and now he's uh, applying his trade in um, uh, Al Dasir in the UAE. <laughs> but, oh, is he? but yeah, but he's just one of those guys where you, you could just put a YouTube compilation of, of his goals and his skill moves, and it just looks like something out of a, uh, the latest FIFA. Um, he's just such a such a joy to watch, and sh I really should have been, in my eyes, the talent that he had, uh, a Premier League legend. Yeah, that's a fucking. It's a great answer. To be fair, I think um, it wasn't he at Tottenham briefly as well in like the yeah, mid noughties right. Yeah, I think um, yeah, those. I don't know if you watched the documentary. The is it the four year plan? No. If you get an opportunity, it's on Amazon Prime. You get an opportunity to. It's um, basically it's a document. It's kind of like one of these all or nothing things. But it was in the late noughties of when QPR was taken over by Tony Fernandez, and they bring in Neil Warnock, and they their whole mandate is to get to the Premier League, QPR, and back in the Premier League. And they, it, you see, Tarap's being signed. You see, Bobby Zamora, all these, all these great players. It's a fantastic documentary because Tarap just, 
he changed the culture of that club. Although the other players kind of hated him because he was given like special privileges. He was allowed to go off to IB for, and do what he wanted. Um, but as long as he played and played well, he was allowed to kind of do Neil Warnock, let him do what he wanted. Um, but he was absolute magic. And that documentary kind of highlights how he made the fans feel. I kind of, I call him the championships Ronaldinho because I think that's exactly what he wanted. He had flair, he had skill. Um, he just had this talent for that's why you buy a match day ticket and again it's kind of lacking in the modern game just kind of while we talk about the noughties there's not very many players you buy a ticket just to go and watch them play oh 100 yeah absolutely just just a joy like i've no affiliation to qpr and especially not spurs <laughs> but yeah just uh, a great great player and, and now and again I, I will just pull up some of some of the goals he scored um in the championship and he just it looks like he just like I said playing a, a video game on on very very easy mode <laughs> um yeah class very, very good player so uh yeah he is my he is my number one I've had like I said had to shoehorn it hold him in a bit because it's like oh nine oh ten in the championship but uh yeah it um just about squeezes in there yeah well he qualifies it's absolutely electric Absolutely electric. Um, <clears throat> so my number one is no surprise. It is David Nugent, as I mentioned earlier. I think to get an England call-up or an international call-up while you're still in the championship, uh, especially for England, takes something very, very special. And I think he is kind of still spoken about today as well. He's still kind of remembered as that nearly man. Um, yeah. you know, Very high expectations. And here's the thing as well. Um, so he was actually with Berry in the early stages of the noughties yeah. uh, in the third division. He helped them get promoted into League Two, um, scoring 12 goals. And then he skipped League One. He went straight from League Two to the Championship. Preston Norvend thought, well, here's a guy we can we can invest in. So he skipped League One, went straight to the Championship, scored 9, 11, then 17 in his uh, final season with Preston, 06, 07. That's when he gets the England call-up while he's still contracted to Preston. So he's in that very niche group of uh, getting an England call-up while um, while still in the lower division. And then moves to Portsmouth, Portsmouth even, as we've already discussed. Scores three in his first season, three in his second season. Um, and then uh, gradually as Portsmouth get relegated, he then scores 14 um, in the championship. So um, definitely fits the mould of a player too good for the championship. Not good enough for the Premier League. Um, I've, have you guys got any honourable mentions, players, we haven't kind of... Uh, Discussed. I think a lot yeah. of mine have already come up. I had uh, Leroy Lilter, Huckabee, uh, I had Boy, uh, Bob Freud. Um, oh, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you who, sort of an honourable mention, but sort of like couldn't, because they couldn't be on this list um, because they never played in, in the Prem. But uh, do you remember Ross McCormack? Ross McCormack? Yeah. My, I swear he played in the Prem. Was he not with Norwich? I don't think he ever played in the Premier League. He played in oh, Scotland. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of Snodgrass. But um, he was an absolute like, beast in the Championship. But arguably he wasn't quite good enough for the Scottish Premier League because his run at Rangers wasn't great. And then his return at Motherwell wasn't great. But they are at the beginning of the tail end of his career. So it might have just been timing more than anything. But it, it sort of blows my mind when you look... I, can't, I haven't got the numbers here. But you look at his uh, numbers, he scores a lot of goals in the Championship and nobody ever really took that... Uh, pun on him was yeah there's a lot of talk about him I remember that but I wonder if that becomes not that fashionable being a Scottish player maybe I don't know what, what why that was yeah yeah maybe maybe not Mark any any other players we haven't mentioned 
Yeah, I was gonna. I don't really know if he would fit, but sticking with the uh, the, the 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 Reading team, uh, I was gonna say maybe like Steven Sidwell again, so instrumental in that in that one oh six team. Um, signed for Chelsea as 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 uh, as I think it was got given the number nine shirt randomly enough, <laughs> which, is, which is bizarre. But I, I don't know if I can I don't know if I can say him because I think he, he went to Villa and and did did all right. So I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he was a complete flop in the in the Premier League. So, but he he's one that that does spring to mind. Yeah, he's done the rounds. He played at Fulham and Stoke. I think he does. Yeah, I think he done all right. Um, I think uh, if. If he went sort of straight to Villa or uh, a Fulham, a team like that, straight away, people probably wouldn't remember him as much. But because he was that big, strange Mourinho signing and had a strange number, like I think that adds to the sort of cult of him, doesn't it? And like maybe yeah. that's why we sort of do remember him is because of this sort of flop. It was super bizarre because obviously when when Mourinho came in and they had the the, the big the big Russian investment, they was buying all these really like sort of high high price you know big big star players, and then Stephen Sidwell was a number nine, so it's almost like they had to get uh, a a let you know in brackets like a normal a normal player in like an English an English lad in uh, amongst all the the stars they're buying, but yeah, it, was, it seemed like a really strange transfer at the time. Wasn't the first time Mourinho gave uh, number nine to a weird player. Remember Khalid Belarus? Yeah, yes. yeah. he got number nine. He was bloody right back. That was a fucking awful decision. The worst for me was Gallas getting number ten. Uh, that was that. Oh, I saw... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw a great, uh, great tweet uh, yesterday with um, just Liz Truss and William Gallas shaking hands, saying. Both didn't suit number ten. I thought that was absolute <laughs> class. That is amazing. How did I not see that? Amazing. Not off to find it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and my last um, kind of honourable mention. I don't know if it really qualifies, which is why I didn't put it in. I put Jermaine Beckford. Yeah. Um, who again was another prodigy, really, with Leeds. But here's the thing: he didn't play in the championship in the noughties. Well, he he did, but um, Leeds got relegated to League One, and it's when he started playing regularly for Leeds. It was in League One, so he scored uh, in the 07 08 season, scored 20, scored 34 after that, and then he scored uh, 31 in retrospective season. So he scores like over 100 goals in three seasons back to back, but unfortunately, it's all in League One. Um, and then he goes straight from League One to the Premier League uh, with Everton, and it's in the 2010s. Um, and then he scores 10 goals in his first season in the Premier League, which I guess isn't bad, um, but then scores zero for the next season and then goes back to the Championship at Leicester City. Um, so again, he's one of those fringe players, but he was highly spoken about as well. And um, obviously Everton did take the plunge and didn't quite work out for them. Sure. I looked up, yeah, I looked uh, out, but it's one of the names that first sort of popped into my head when uh, we spoke about doing this episode. Uh, and then, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, I don't know if I can put him in because it's pretty much League One, Premier League, and then years in Championship after the decade. So I was like, I'm not sure I can I put him there. But yeah, he definitely feels like he's a player that fits that mould. It's just maybe on, our, on the restrictions we've sort of given ourselves, he doesn't quite fit out. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, some great answers all round. And uh, if you've got any of yourself that we've missed, please do... Uh... Tweet us on Twitter or Instagram, teamofalives.podcast, or just Team of Lives on Twitter. Let us know who you'd put into that never-ending zone between Championship and Premier League. But I've got a quick quiz for both of you. Um, so there are eight players in the Premier League era that have been called up for England, despite being 
in the championship or first division. Um, I've named one of them, or two of them actually, in Jay Boffroyd and um, <clears throat> David Nugent. Can you name the other six? No. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, Harry, you should get one, really. To get one? Or maybe. On who fair? No. There's, so this is um, from 93 onwards. Thank you. Oh, so... There have been players in the lower division Aaron that have been called up. Anderson? Darren Anderson, no. Oh, I thought that's the, he was about. at Spurs. Oh, no, because he, 92, he left Pompey at 992, right? So, yeah, sorry. Maybe that was it. Um, way too far, but I can't get Steve Ball out of my head. I know that's going he is, he is, he is one. Really? He is, oh. but, it, um, but in the 80s. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. like, gone, gone way too far back there. Um, hmm. I, hmm. So one uh, was it? One was last year, twenty twenty one, and before that, you came back ten years. So I'll put you, I'll put you out your misery if you want. Twenty one. I'll, I'll give I'll give you clues on the way first. Let's start in uh, ascending order. So this one's from nineteen ninety three. Um, he was nicknamed Psycho. Oh, Stuart Pearce. Stuart Pearce. So he was called up when Nottingham Forest were in the first division. Oh. Um, then a player I've not heard of, Michael Gray uh, for Sunderland, 1999, when they were in the first division. Um, next is a bit of an obvious one. It's another Sunderland player, won the European Golden Boot in 2000. Oh, Kevin Phillips. Kevin Phillips was called up when he was uh, still at Sunderland in the first division as well, probably rightly so. Um, Harry, your goalkeeper when you won the FA Cup. Jamie, David James. Oh, because he stayed in the championship with us. Yeah, of course. No, yeah. no, what, no he, with West Ham. Ah. 2003, West Ham uh, were in the first, well, yeah, was the first division back then. He got called up to the England squad as well. Uh, David Nugent, Jay Boffroyd, and then there's two more. Um, one played for Man United, was a complete flop, still plays in the Premier League now. Oh, it's... In fact, he's, he doesn't even play for England anymore. Is it cleverly? No. No. It's a good shout though, it was a flop. Um plays for Ivory Coast now. Oh, Zaha. Zaha, yes, twenty twelve. He was called up while he was at Palace in the championship. And the last one is uh West Brom keeper Sam Johnston, uh, who was called up for them, called up for England last year, twenty twenty one. There we go. While winning the championship. There we have great ball knowledge there from uh, everyone involved playing along at home. Um but it's time now for our first quiz for a while i guess um it's deal or no deal uh for new listeners this is the gate transfer game uh for our guests um where we've got five transfers you just have to let us know if they're true or false deal for true no deal for false so mark especially for you i've got five arsenal transfers yeah starley i think it's fair to point out to our guest that he might be a reality tv star but Ollie is actually on deal or no deal, hence. Uh, oh, let's not stop this again. <laughs> <laughs> not as he was just a guest while no. his granddad uh, joined one P club. No, it's uh, it's, <laughs> oh. it's the most horrifying hour and a half of my life, Harry. Well, thanks for bringing that up. I, I really need to find a screenshot because Ollie is wearing these um, Easter bunny ears because it's Easter as well. I just stood very awkwardly, like nineteen-year-old Ollie, like. Oh, I love that. When it comes. <laughs> He said, he literally said, but it was between 35 grand and a penny. And he said, I'm going to buy Ollie a car. Ah! Oh. The, the amount of, uh, you know, the tail I could have got from that 
wagon at the time. Yeah, never, never, whenever it was to be. Tragic times. Anyway, sorry, Mark, for uh, no. Harry's interjection. I, I, I just pictured how I meant how I meant to concentrate. Now I know you're wearing a pair of funny ears. Like, uh, is it, <laughs> clearly, this is just like distraction tactics. It looked. It looked like. Um, I like bringing it up to embarrass Ollie. I've never realised. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what it looked like. It's. It's like um, someone had interjected like equal rights into the Playboy Mansion, and they had to give an ugly guy a pair of Playboy bunny ears. <laughs> That's what it looked like. I love uh, it. Lo, lo and behold. Um, but there is a photo doing around somewhere. Uh, right. Anyway, deal or no deal. So, Mark, I've got five Arsenal players from the noughties. You just have to let us know deal for true, no deal uh, for false. Did these transfers actually happen? We've got a nice mixture in here for you as well. Are you ready? Yes. Let's Excellent go. stuff. Up first, Matteo Flamini. Did he move from, Ar- uh, from Marseille sorry, to Arsenal on a free? Deal or no deal? Marseille to Arsenal on a free. I'm going to say that was no deal. Incorrect. It was a deal. Um, I'm afraid to say they had to pay. I think Arsenal actually did pay compensation, technically. Oh, see, uh, that's what I mean. Right? Oh, <laughs> but contractually, you know, still, still counts as a free, apparently. Um, Sami Nasri, did he move from Nice to Arsenal for £12 million? No deal. Correct. He moved from... He moved from... Uh, was, it, was, it Mar- was it Marseille? It was Marseille. There we are. Uh, yes. a bit heading. Um, Eduardo da Silva, tragically broke his leg. Did he move from Dynamo Zagreb to Arsenal for £7.5 million? I know Zagreb. I don't. I can't be totally sure on the amount, but I'm going to say deal. Correct. There we go. Clawing it back. Jens Lehmann. Did he move from Dortmund to Arsenal for three point one five million? Deal or no deal? Again, figures do escape me, but it's definitely definitely moved from Dortmund. Correct. There we go. Can we get a redeemable four out of five in this last one? Robin van Persie. Did he move from PSV Eindhoven to Arsenal for 2.75 million? Don't think he did. I think you're trying to trick me here because I feel like that's Feyenoord. It was. Got it exactly right. Four out of five. Not bad. Not bad at all. Kicking myself at the first one. That's all good. There we go. We we kind of... uh... Yeah, ended on a bit of magic, which is lovely. Lovely stuff indeed. Uh, Now, as we said a bit earlier on, uh, we've got the World Cup series coming up in a few weeks' time, but we're going to start the What's in Your Panini leaderboard right now. So all three of us, for the first time, are going to get onto our leaderboard. So it's quite tense stuff. Um, Harry, myself, and Mark. Um, For those of you that don't know, this is What's in Your Panini. We have a Top Gear-style leaderboard uh, ranking whoever we get in our own Sticker packets uh, out of 10. So we've got a round score of 10. And uh, yeah, we kind of judge it on how good the players are. Have we heard of the players? Uh, obviously, we're getting Mbappe, uh, Neymar, Messi, whatever else. You're doing quite well. Any shinies, you're doing quite well. And uh, yeah, take it from there. Controversial scenes we've had in the past, uh, I believe. Echoes of me getting Ronaldo. And then on the last episode of the series, getting kicked off top spot because <laughs> someone got two shinies. Still not happy about that. Shiny, we always said shinies are worth more. Shinies are worth more. Okay. And um, yeah, I guess 
work out have to go by there so how about mark do you want to go first yeah, why not? Let's absolutely, go. absolutely. Um, so those of you may be familiar with myself on TikTok, this is where it all started back in the day. So we kind of put this on TikTok, kind of blew up and it went from there. Um, so here we go. This is what's in your patini? Patini? Can't remember. Platini. You wait for president. No, this. Platini. If I get a platini, I'm all sparkly. <laughs> right, yeah. surely. New episode of what's in your platini? Probably a French hooker from what I'm told. But there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting cancelled. I'm getting cancelled. Right, anyway, uh, what's in your Panini World Cup 2022 edition? Can't speak. Here we go. This is for you, Mark. You're going to get. You're going to be the first person on our leaderboard. So let's hope it's a good pack. Let's hope we've heard of some players. Even got a load of Iranians. You never know. You never know. Quite a good series. I don't know if you guys are collecting this series, um, but it's quite good. Oh, and it's not a good start. Oh god. Um, you have a bloke called Ali who plays for Qatar. Come on, we all know Ali from Qatar. Host oh. Nation, that's plenty of points, surely. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, God. He's my favourite Qatari player. Yeah. We all know Ali, come on. With well, then we, uh, second, Dejan Lovren. He's won the Champions League with Liverpool. I think give, get, get a few points there. Although, didn't he say at the World Cup he was like the best defender in the world? Was it, last Ali. World Cup. Unless Glass that for the time being. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But there we go. Dejan Lovren, not bad. Um, oh, I've, I've jinxed you with Iran. We have the, the goalkeeper, Abba Desire of Iran. This is not free, a good pack. Free from Desire. Free, oh, that's a great tune. Free from Abba Desire. Your defense is terrified. <laughs> I've got I'm, a I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm not winning this. I feel like I'm not winning this. <laughs> um, <laughs> it doesn't get it doesn't get much better, Mark. Uh, we then go to Donnell Henry from Canada. Oh, <laughs> but we end it pretty well. You end it with Portuguese superstar man of the moment Bernardo Silva. Oh, that's not a bad. That's a, I tell you what, that's 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 um, not bad. I think we're gonna have to judge this on your best player. Or best couple of players, which would be Bernardo Silva and Dejan Lovren. Um, I mean, for for the for the meme, I think your defense is terrified. Ab desire, I think, uh, <laughs> does get some bonus points in there as well. Um, so we got to score those out of ten. Me and Harry all kind of decide. Um, again, I don't really know how the other packs kind of go, so it's difficult to say. I think Bernardo Silva won the Premier League plenty of times. Dejan Lovren uh, got to the World Cup final 2018, won the Premier League and the Champions League as well with Liverpool. And then it's the other three that let it down. So I don't think we can go much higher than a five. I feel a five would be generous, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> what are we saying, Harry? Yeah. Um, Again, it could be, the, you know, whatever we open next could be a lot worse. If we, the lower we give it, the more likely we'll be higher up to lead <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, no, I'm playing. Uh, yeah, Nate, should we say four? See, <laughs> so I can't even be annoyed at that. Really, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'd love to be like, "Oh, Harry, you're so harsh," but <laughs> but, then, but then you're all right, but Ollie, hang on, because if... four, four, we're meeting in the middle, middle four point five. Hang on, because then if we don't get two players that are quite well known, like yeah, you're we're right. Just... You know what the other packs are like it's a bit hard, isn't it? So I know. Well, this this all makes it. I, I think. I think. Sorry, go on. We're not even arguing a case for the players, though. Throughout the five players that I had, we hadn't even heard of. True. Yeah, that's true. I think 4.5. 4.5? Go on, then. 
Four point five. I think I've saved you a bit there, Mark. Saved you from total embarrassment. Can I shock you? I want to go second. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay, let's do let's do Harry's pack now then. Surely it can be better than that. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Although in, in all the uh, free series, we've... Qatari flush. Yeah, <laughs> a royal a royal Qatari flush. Yeah. <laughs> Although in the free seasons we've done this, Harry's always been like almost dead last. Oh yeah. I'm... Never had any luck. So it's not going to buy stickers for real. Never yeah. had any luck. And your luck doesn't change. You start with also a Qatari player. Yes. I think maybe that's like the base of each pack. You get Medibo. Oh, he's better than Ali. Well, I don't know. Oh, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um, you then get the whole Japanese squad. Oh, that's 11 people. Oh, oh I don't oh. know. Name, name oh. three of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you you lived in I'm China. Uh, yeah, if it was Chinese squad, I'd know it. But as I'm saying, I'll end up saying Chinese names and people will be like, that's not a Japanese name. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, Ivusic of Croatia. I think he's the backup goalkeeper. It's not going well. Ah, here we go. You have Brazil's Rafinha by Munich. All right, we've got, we got one. Not bad. Player. Not bad at all. Yeah. Slightly better than Dejan Lovren, I think. Right. And then we finish it Finish it with probably the player of the moment. He's uh, signed a pre-contract to join Chelsea in January. It's Christopher Nkunku, scored okay. last night for RB Leipzig. Player very much on the op. And France, any, any, anyone in that French squad is very good. But it's not, let's be fair, it's not the greatest pack, is it? It's, it's not the greatest pack. pack. I think you've got to, basically, you've got to compare Rafinha and, uh, and Nkunku to... Um, Lovren and Bernardo Silva. I think it's pretty level. I'd say it's probably slightly higher than 4.5, if I'm being honest. I'll let you guys decide. You know. What do you think, Mark? Uh, 4.6 and a half, I think. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it's slightly... Yeah, it's, it's slight, slight, slightly higher there, I think. I think uh, mine, comedy value, higher, but that's not the aim of the game. Um, I think I would say a 5 point. Five, I think. 5.5 and Kunku yeah. on his way up. I'll take that. 5.5 then, let's go. Um, time for the last pack then. Get me on the leaderboard. And this is where Oli pulls Ronaldo. Well, it's, happen- it's happened before. It's happened before. It seemed to start as Qatari players though, in these packs. I hope you, you get the Qatari Royal Fast. Oh, I don't. I start with uh, Rafael Guerrero. <laughs> Of uh, is it Dortmund to play for Dortmund and uh, Portugal? Wonderful, just a good start, better than the Qatari muck you guys had. Uh, we then go to Serbia, we go to Serbia with uh, Philip Juric. Never heard of him, to be honest. Don't know him, play for Atalanta, I think. Uh, we go to Cameroon with Castelletto. Castelletto, can't say I've heard of him either. Uh, we then got Belgian defender Jason Denier. Great name. Uh, plays for Leon as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, meant to be pretty good. Play for plays for Dortmund. Does he play for Dortmund? I think he might have moved to Dortmund. And we finish it. Oh, it's not good. With the Japanese goalkeeper Kawashima. That was absolute dog shit. Wow. <laughs> my best, my best player is Jason Denea. and after that, Rafael Guerrero. Potentially worse than my pack. I think it was, you know. Well, I'll let you two to the side. Harry, what are you saying? 
I think any value the Japanese goalkeeper added doesn't exist because I also have him and <laughs> other Japanese players. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, should we, should we, should we, should we put him on four point five as well? Oh, I don't know. He only got one. No, I think uh, no. I I've, I'll be, I'll be generous. I'll be generous. You'll be generous and give me a four. Oh, all right. You give us permission now to that. Yeah, I think it's going to yeah. be four. Sorry, Ollie. Oh, guys, imagine being a little kid, spending your pocket money on that and getting that shit. I think Awful. all say terrible. Can we have a redo? <laughs> <laughs> We can't. We could scrap it and do it again, yeah, but that would be unfair to everyone else, I'm afraid. So I finished on four, Mark on 4.5. Harry is top of the leaderboard with uh, 5.5. He's absolutely scandalous. Mugged us all off for the first time ever. It's been a long time coming, to be fair. Harry is top of the uh, Watson your Panini leaderboard. uh, Which I'll be be knocked off by our first guest after the. um, You know, the first guest is the first episode of the World Cup series. So, so sure. pessimistic. Believe in yourself, man. Yeah, <laughs> every, everyone else could get the Qatari Royal Flush and you'll be there with five. <laughs> if we ever find a pack that is a Qatari Royal Flush, that are oh, incredible. <laughs> I think they automatically have to get 10. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The Royal Flush. Yeah, fair enough. No shinies in those packs either. What a shame. What a shame. No indeed. There we go. Um, but that concludes the end of the podcast. Uh, thank you so much to for listening everybody uh make sure you give us a five star review and uh like and follow us wherever you listen to your podcast whether that be apple spotify uh wherever else follow us on twitter at team of lives if you liked what you just saw or heard <laughs> in uh, us opening panini stickers follow me on tiktok uh paolo panini um and uh, yeah mark uh, where can people find you um and anything you got a plug yeah, no, uh, I'm most active on uh, on Twitter, uh, at Marky249. Uh, and uh, as you mentioned at the top of the show, Ollie, uh, I occasionally am on a podcast called The Highbury Squad, which is very Arsenal-centric. Uh, and that is run by my two good friends, Sophie, who's based out in LA, and Mr. Super Kevin Campbell. So, uh, yeah, check that out if that sounds of interest. Absolutely. Oh, I'm going to definitely check it out. Absolutely. Naughty's legend, uh, Kevin Campbell, fits right in to our to our niche here as well. And if you have a chance and you've got Channel 4 or on the 4OD player, do watch uh, Mark in five dates a week. Um, great, great television. I can, I can say that for free. Cheers, Ollie. No worries. <laughs> uh, well, hope you've had the time of your lives on Team of Your Lives. We'll see you next time. Team. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.